Uh, so a couple years ago, uh, like 15 years ago, uh, Ashley and I got invited out to a dinner. Uh, it was uh, Ashley and I and then another friend of ours, and then this guy invited us out for dinner, and he seemed like super nice guy, and so he sat down, and kind of as soon as like we started the meal, he's like, hey, I just want, this is on me, you know, I got to order whatever you want, um, but I'm, this is my treat, I'm happy to pay for it, and so that was super nice, and then uh, we just started talking, and he was a really just inquisitive person. He just asked really great questions and was asking us about like our, our hopes and futures. And uh, this was uh, years ago, so we were talking about that like someday we'd like to have kids and someday we'd like to have a house. And uh, he just seemed very, very interested in that. Uh, he even uh, put out there, he's like, hey, like, I know, you know, we just met, but like, if you guys buy a house, like, I love to help people move, and, like, I've helped lots of other people, and so I would be glad to help you guys move. Uh, he uh, kind of peppered in, you know, he was listening more than he was talking, which is a good skill, uh, but he would, like, pepper in different, like, really interesting stories about, like, ways in which especially him and some other people he knew had put some different financial practices into place that had really changed his life, which I just thought was, like, really, really interesting, and we're just having this great discussion. And then towards the end of the meal, you know, we get the bill, and he, he of course, pays for it. He says, hey, I just, well, the reason why I, I wanted to invite you guys out today, I, I'm a financial advisor. And so I would love, if you guys are looking for a financial advisor, I would love to become your financial advisor. So what do you guys think about that? And we, uh, for various reasons, uh, said, yeah, no, we're not really interested in uh, going with you as our financial advisor right now. And then a really interesting thing happened. He never invited us out for dinner again. And, and all, he, he, like, while we were eating, he seemed like so interested in like that we were going to buy a house someday and like have kids. But then like when we bought our house, I, I didn't hear from him. He didn't say congratulations. Uh, when we had kids, I didn't get a card. Uh, when we did move into our house, he wasn't there to help us move. He just kind of like disappeared from my life. Uh, and here's the reason why I bring that up. Uh, we are in a series right now uh, for the next few months where we're talking about this idea of being a blessing. Uh, and what we're encouraging all of us, what we want us to grow in, is this idea that we want to bless the people around us. Uh, and a couple weeks ago, we encouraged you, there's these sheets that are on your uh, table, many of you have already done this, uh, to think about the people in your life. Who, who do you live with? Who do you work with? And say, how... Can I find a way to really bless them? And this guy years ago came to my mind because he was like a great role model for a lot of this. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he prayed for us uh, before the meal or anything like that. I don't remember that. But like listening, like he, he seemed so interested in what was going on in our lives. Like we obviously, we ate together. He was offering to serve. He had like really interesting stories. And I think it could be easy as we're talking about this over the next couple of months for us to hear this and think, all right, John, I, I get what you're doing here. Like, you, you want us to, like, write down, like, our potential marks. Like, we're going to write down, like, our potential targets, you know, our neighbors. And, and we're going to, like, sit down, you know, we're going to, like, you know, like, you know, oh, yeah, sure, that's really interesting. Yeah, tell me more about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, would you like to come over for dinner? And, yeah, let, let me help you out. Let me mow your yard. But, like, really what you're trying to get after here is, like, maybe, like, then we can, like, 
get them to like come to our church. Like, would you like another meal? You know, on Sunday after church. You know, like it's just trying to like lure them in and like really uh, what we're trying to do here is this is like some sort of like a weird like you know like bait and switch type deal. So here's what we want to talk about today, and this is so so important as we're building this over the next couple months is that we talk about bless. This is not a strategy. This is not about a marketing plan. This is not about a bait and switch. This is not some sort of like a pyramid scheme that we're trying to get you guys involved in. Here's why we bless. Here's why we're going to talk about this. Here's why we think this is such an important skill for all of us to make a normal part of our lives. Here's why we bless. We bless because we love and bless others because Jesus loved and blessed. That's what he did. And we, and when I say we, we're talking about folks that have decided that they want to become a part of Christ Church Albany. And so that might not be you. You might be here just checking it out, and that's okay. But for those of us that are part of it, part of what we have decided of being a part of the church is that we are trying to be like Jesus, which means that we are trying to be his disciples. And here's what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who asks this question, what would Jesus do? If he were in my place, if Jesus worked where I worked, if Jesus had the same people in the cubicle next to him, that if Jesus had my neighbors, if Jesus drove down the same roads that I drive down, if Jesus encountered the same person at Starbucks, if Jesus saw the same people that I saw, what would Jesus do if he were in my place? And I think very simply, what Jesus would do is Jesus would love and bless. That's just what Jesus would do, and I think he would do it no strings attached. It's just what he did, and that's what we want to be a part of. Uh, Last week, in the last couple weeks, uh, there's a a family in our church that's been really, really wonderful uh, helping out another family. So there's a a family uh, that recently moved into the area, and they don't really have anything, so they didn't have a lot of clothes, they didn't have a lot of furniture, and so someone from our church has been working, and a lot of you have been a part of this, which has been wonderful, to help that other family. Uh, and at one point, while we were getting all this stuff to like, help the other family, uh, the person who's a part of our church let me know, like, hey, I just want to, we're helping this family. I don't know if they're ever going to come to our church, but I just think we should help them. I was like, well, we can't help them if they're not coming to our church. Like, that's, that's the whole point of this, isn't it? Like, we, you know, I'll give you a couch, but you, no, no, no. We bless and serve, and it's not a strategy, it's not a marketing plan, it's not a bait and switch, it's not a pyramid scheme. We do this just because it's just what a bunch of people who are following Jesus, it should just naturally pour out of us. So that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, and I think it should be like an important foundation as we keep talking about this in our groups, in our services, for the next few weeks and months, just for us all to kind of build this into our mind. Uh, so to talk about this, uh, we are going to look at a section of scripture uh, from Romans chapter 12. And so if you have an online Bible or if you have a Bible at your uh, table or something, you can read through that. Uh, here's what it starts off. It says, therefore, uh, and so that's important 
uh, because where we're reading today is in Romans chapter 12. Uh, and so that means that there's Romans chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, all kind of 1 through 11. And so we're coming in almost like the tail end of this letter that this guy Paul wrote 2,000 years ago. So what we're going to read is built on all this other stuff that Paul has been talking about. Uh, and in particular, what he's talking about is this idea for, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... Uh, and when um, Paul says mercy here, uh, what he means is mercy is kind of his big word idea to kind of sum up all of these things that, that he has been saying for the last 11 chapters. All these kind of core beliefs that God has done, and he kind of sums them up with this big idea of mercy. And so here's what uh, Paul's been talking about for the last 11 chapters. Uh, this idea that there is a God, uh, and we can know that through his mercy, that this God loves everybody, uh, that this God especially loves sinners. And so sometimes there's this idea that because of what I've done, God must be done with me. But Paul's made that very clear. Uh, and that this God forgives sins. He's very willing to forgive sins. Uh, that Jesus is God. That Jesus is king, king above all kings. That Jesus is the solution for everything. We've talked about that a lot over the last uh, year or so, if you've been with us. That there's no problem in human history that Jesus isn't the answer for. And uh, Paul's made that pretty clear. And that Jesus is alive. And there's more in there. You should read through the first 11 chapters uh, of Romans. But he's kind of summing this all up. I Idea. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, uh, and then he's going to go on. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to, and now he's kind of like turning a, a page in this letter of Romans here, and he wants to move them into action, because uh, this is a big deal for Paul, and this is a big deal for us as a church, is that it's one thing to believe things. It's one thing for us to learn things. Uh, and we want to be about that. We want to be about the business of learning things that there is a God and the God is the solution and learning all these different truths about God. Very, very important principle to go through and learn these different things. But then what Paul wants us to do is that he wants us to move from belief to action. That this isn't just something I believe, that this is something that is now affecting my behavior. Uh, the kind of $10 uh, words for this uh, is the idea of uh, orthodoxy, and orthodoxy just means proper belief. Uh, and if you go around different churches, a lot of churches are very centered on the idea of making sure you have proper orthodoxy, making sure you believe the right things. And for sure, we want you to believe the right things. We think that's a, an important thing as well. But what's often not talked about is this idea of orthopraxy. That it's, it's not just enough to believe the right things, but we want those beliefs to affect your behavior, to affect the way that you actually live your everyday normal life. And that this is what he is getting at, that he wants it to affect everything else we do. Uh, again, a couple weeks ago, uh, we had a, a great kind of dessert night that uh, Marilyn and Charles uh, put on, which is wonderful. Uh, for one of the organizations, we support a handful of international uh, organizations. And so when you give money to Christchurch Albany, uh, we give at least 10% of that money away to be able to help things that are not in the city of Albany, which is amazing. And one of those is an organization called InterServe, and they work all over the world with people that are literally doing, that they're blessing the people in their world. And they are a great example to all of us. And we were talking about some folks 
folks who are blessing people in South Asia. Uh, and there was a representative who was, who was from, visiting from South Asia. He lived in South Asia. He was visiting America. And I was talking to him uh, after the dinner was over. And he was just telling some very interesting stories. And he was telling a story that he had invited a friend a while ago to come visit his church. His friend was uh, not a Christian, uh, practiced a different kind of religion, but was interested in kind of finding out what kind of these Christians are all about. And so they went to the service. It was kind of similar to, you know, this probably. It was about an hour, hour and 15 minute service, you know, some songs, some speaking, and then people kind of milled along their way. And then afterwards, he was like, what'd you think of the service? And he's like, this is amazing. Like, your God is so efficient. Like, in, in our religion, we have to do these practices to worship our God every single day. And it's like multiple times during the day. But you guys fit all of your God stuff into this neat little efficient one, and a, one hour and 15 minute package. And then you get to go and do whatever else you want the rest of the week. Like, this is what an amazing religion you guys have. And that's exactly what so many Christians have done. And Paul wants to come along now and say, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. So here's what Paul says. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to, since you, if you believe all these things, here's what I want you to do. I want you to offer your bodies, which is Paul's way of saying not just, when he says bodies, it's not just like your physical, uh, that's his way of saying your whole self. Uh, your, your mind, body, and soul. I want you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I want you to literally s- sacrifice your body. They would have been used to seeing lots of things sacrificed on an altar. Paul's saying, I want you to take your whole life and put it as a sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God because this is your true and proper worship. Uh, Paul's saying, here's what I want you to do. Because of these things that you believe, I want you to offer your bodies, I want you to sacrifice the things in your life, and I want that to be because of what you worship. Uh, I'll talk for a second about that idea of worship. Uh, I love uh, this quote from a guy named Tim Keller. Here's what Tim Keller says. He says, everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the idea of worship is that there's, there's something that we have decided, this is so important, I just... I just love it. I just, I give myself to it. I just sing its praises. I just, it just consumes me. It's just what I worship. And what Tim Keller says, which I think is right, is that everybody has something they worship. Uh, and I saw a great uh, example of this. Uh, again, a, a couple weeks ago, I had a, a really crazy last couple weeks. I have lots of stories in the last couple weeks. So uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple of my friends and I, uh, we got to do this. Yeah, look at that. Uh, so uh, it's my birthday, uh, so I'm old now, and so we went whitewater rafting, uh, which was a lot of fun up on the Hudson River. Uh, it was freezing, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, but who I want to point out to you is uh, this guy, who you, you might recognize some of the guys in the boat, but you probably don't recognize that guy. Uh, that guy worked for the company, and he was our rafting guide for the day. And he was a really interesting guy. I got to talk to him. He was telling us lots of different stories, and it became very apparent to us. Like, we were rafting because it was like a fun adventure we were doing but like we we weren't we're not rafters like we don't you know we don't know anything about this really this guy though this guy worships rafting i mean this guy loves it he is like this is like what he wakes up thinking about like every moment of his day is consumed with how much he loves rafting so much so that he had like reprioritized his life around his love of rafting. 
Uh, so hold that. So here's what Paul uh, continues to say. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer all of your bodies as a sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And he goes on. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's the idea that when you've offered your whole body, when you love something so much, it make, you're not conforming to the normal patterns of this world anymore. Because most people don't, might not love this, but because I love it so much, I'm going to live differently. I'm going to live counterintuitively to everybody else. I'm going to transform my mind. I'm going to rewire myself. As we were talking to our guide that day, I mean, we had this kind of rental equipment on, and like he's telling us about like the wetsuit that he owns and like how much money he paid for it. It's like that's not normal. People aren't spending that much money on wetsuits. But if you love whitewater rafting, you like transform yourself. Uh, he had spent a good portion of uh, his twenties and into his thirties. He had lived at the place that there was like this whitewater rafting place out of the office, the rental stuff. And there was like this little, like small, little, not exciting apartment behind there. But he had chosen to live there for the last handful of years, even though it was a big sacrifice, because it would mean he could be closer to whitewater rafting. And for most of us, that would not be an option at all. But he had decided, I, I'm not going to conform. I'm not going to live in the suburbs. I'm, I'm going to intentionally live at a place. Uh, and then I thought one of the crazier stories uh, years ago, uh, there was a hurricane uh, that hit our area, Hurricane Irene, so you guys remember that, big flooding in lots of the rivers, and so most of us during the hurricane, the, the, the normal way to conform to a hurricane is to get inside and make sure you know you don't have any flood damage, and just, you know, it definitely don't go anywhere near one of the rivers that were like going crazy, but not this guy. This guy got some of his friends together and said, let's go raft the river during the hurricane, which just seems crazy unless you're someone who's decided, yeah, I'm not going to conform to the, I'm going to, my mind is so rewired by my love for rafting that I'm going to behave in such a way that makes sense only if you knew how much I love and how much I worship this thing. And that's what Paul is driving after here is that I want you to transform your life because of how much you love Jesus. And Paul is going to go on in the rest of chapter 12 and end of verse, into chapter 13, talking about all these behavior changes that would just normally take place if you had completely rewired your mind as a disciple of Jesus. And so let me just give you some of the, the highlights from the next couple chapters. He says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. This is people who love Jesus. This is just what they do. It just, this is what Jesus does, and so it just oozes out of them. Uh, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. This is what people who have been transformed by Jesus do. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Other people are actually more important than me. That's what, that's what people who have just been transformed by Jesus do. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. I mean, this is Christians, people who follow Jesus, who have been transformed, who believe and have put it into action. This is just, they just do these things. They practice hospitality. They bless those who, who persecute you, and they bless and they do not curse they rejoice with those who rejoice. They mourn with those who mourn. 
and live in harmony with one another? Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This is what the kind of stuff that people who follow Jesus do naturally. Let no, day, don't, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the whole law. And I love this. We've talked about this before. This is how Paul sums up all the commandments. Everything that Jesus ever talked about, all the stuff in the Old Testament, here's what they all drive to, according to Paul. The commands, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not commit murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be, they are all summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Uh, and I think for our purposes over the next couple months, you could sum up all of those different things we just read in that acronym of bless. And that's why we want to do that over the next, or we want to learn these practices over the next couple weeks and months, and why we want all of us to be about the business of regularly practicing. Because this is, this is what people who follow Jesus do. And it's not a matter of us doing it because it's like some sort of like a, a marketing strategy. It's not because it's like a pyramid scheme. It's not because it's some sort of like a bait and switch. It's because this is just like what we do. Uh, we love and bless because Jesus loved and blessed. That's just that's what Jesus did. And we are trying to be like Jesus. We are trying to be his disciples, which means that we are regularly asking the question, what would Jesus do if he were in my place? And it's very clear. What Jesus would do is he in my place, he would bless other people. This is just putting our belief, and this is just the natural course of it. And again, the idea is that this isn't something we're even like, head to the grindstone, just like, okay, I'm going to wake up this morning, I'm going to try to listen to people, and I'm going to try to love people, and you know, this is hard, but I'm going to try to do it anyways. Paul's idea is that this is stuff that is just coming out of us. Uh, the word that I like is that this is going to come, uh, go to the next one, sorry. There he goes. That it just becomes normal and effortless. That this is similar to like our rafting guide. Like, he didn't wake up in the morning and think, all right, I'm going to try to think about rafting today. Uh, I'm going to try to, like, make a plan over the next couple months to try to find more time to raft. Like, I'm, I'm going to look online and see if there's any more equipment I can buy. Like, it just, it was because of his love for it, it was just normal. It was just effortless for him to think about this stuff, for him to do these things. And that's what we want it to be for us. Uh, here's how Dallas Willard says it. He says, whole life transformation, that's what we're going for. Changing our beliefs and having our beliefs change our actions. Places before us exactly what its title suggests. This person is led by their confidence in Jesus to seek the kingdom of God, to seek to live in it more than anything. We want Jesus, we want the Jesus way of life more than anything else and in all places. 
as they do this, as we just center our life more and more and more on the person of Jesus, the more that we engage in these habits of daily offices and Sabbath, the more that we prioritize having Jesus be the center of everything we do, as they do this, transformation into Christ-likeness progresses, and they find that more and more they easily and routinely do the kinds of things practiced and taught by Jesus. The more I spend time around Jesus, the more it turns out I just become more like Jesus. The more I spend time praying and asking God to show me, give me your eyes. Give me your ability to see the people around me. The more I start to actually see the people around me in the same way that Jesus does. The more I say, God, show me how I can use my hands and my talents to bless the people around me. The more that I just start to bless and use my hands and talent and time to bless the people around me. Because it just, it comes off of me. Spiritual formation in Christ is the process that occurs to those who have by grace and by choice entered into the status of the disciple or apprentice of Jesus in kingdom living. And so that's why... We've kind of built this in the way we, we have. And so back starting in January, we started talking about the idea of becoming a disciple. And that's where it starts. Is us saying, I want to center my life following after Jesus. And the more that I follow after Jesus, the more that my life will just automatically change from the inside out. And that's what we want to happen for every single one of us. Enough where that these ideas of blessing just become normal. They just become, we don't have to like, we get in the car and we're driving somewhere. We're not thinking like, oh, I should like make time to pray. It just, we just naturally, like, we see someone walking and we just kind of say like a quick little prayer for them. We're, we're walking through our office, you know, we're going from our computer to the bathroom and we're just like walking by cubicles. And just, we just naturally just pray for people. Like we're, we're driving to school or we're going, we're, it just pours out of us. We're just naturally people who listen. Like, we just are curious about other people. We want to know. We're just naturally inviting people into hospitality and to eat with us. We're naturally serving people. We naturally have to. This is just what pours out of us. And that's where we're trying to go over the next couple months. And what I think God wants to do with every single one of us is to live this way out of the Jesus just kind of transformation that happens in our life. But, but, so we want to bless, we want this to become a normal part of our lives. And we want to do this as not a strategy, so again, the reason why we bless, this is not a strategy, this is not a marketing plan, this is not a bait and switch, this is not a pyramid scheme. That is not why we want to bless the people around us. We want it to be just a natural thing that flows off of us because that's what Jesus' followers do, okay? 100% true. But if you decide that you're going to follow after Jesus and you let your life be transformed in this way, Here is what you're going to find, not because it was the goal, but because it's just the natural result. That if you start to live out these rhythms of bless, these things are weird. They are odd. This is not the way that our normal society works. These are countercultural practices. 
Normal people are not naturally praying for other people in their lives. If they pray at all, they pray for themselves. God, I got a list. Here's some things you can do for me. Here's some things I would like you to take care of. And they're not just naturally praying. Most people don't even know the names of their neighbors, let alone regularly praying for them. Most people are like thinking about like, how can I forget about my coworkers, not thinking about how I can normally pray for them. Most people, as my sister says, are usually waiting to talk instead of actually listening to people. If you really are curious and are listening to other people's stories, you really want to know their perspective. If you are regularly inviting people in for hospitality and for eating, if you're serving other people on a regular basis, if you're sharing stories, authentic, real stories in your life, that is not the normal way that people are acting. That is a countercultural way. And people will see that you're doing this, and and they hopefully will say, What's up with that? (laughs) Why are you doing this? Uh, Here's what uh, Peter says. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That's what we want. We want to see Jesus King. He is the Lord of our life. He is shaping everything we do. He is shaping our orthodoxy and our orthopraxy. And if you do that, it's going to change your life. And so therefore, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. That if you actually live this way, it will create curiosity in the people around you. And they might say, hey, I got to know, why is it that like, you keep inviting us over? Why is it that you're so nice? Why is it that you keep acting in such a different way than everyone else I know? And here's what I hope that you'll be able to say. Well, let me tell you, here's what it's not. It's not a a marketing strategy. Uh, It's not a bait and switch. It's not, I wasn't doing this. You know, you're not a project. Here's the reason why I've been spending, here's the reason why I love you so much. Here's the reason why I've been blessing you. It's because we love and bless, I've been loving and blessing you because Jesus loved and blessed. That's just how, that's how Jesus lived his life. And I don't know if you know this about me or not, but like, I'm trying to be like Jesus. I've decided I'm going to try to be his disciples, which means here's how I wake up every single morning. And here's how as I'm driving to work, here's the question I normally ask. is I say, what would Jesus do if he were in my place? What would Jesus do if if you were my neighbor? What would Jesus do if, if I worked next to you? What would Jesus do if you were on my son's baseball team? And here's what I've come to, is I think that Jesus would love and bless So therefore, what I'm going to do is I'm going to love and bless you as well. Because that's just naturally what comes off to me. And if we do that, it could, I believe, have a dramatic effect on the world and our community and our city. Uh, Last couple things. Uh, There's this uh, great quote by a guy named uh, Brendan Manning. Uh, You might have heard this before. He says that the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And maybe some of you can relate. That people pretty much have their, they're done with people who like, they might have their orthodoxy corrected, but their orthopraxy is completely not in line with that. And that, that level of hypocrisy is just not appealing or curious to anybody. But on the other hand, 
if there was a group of people who were actually not only believing these things, but actually putting them into practice. Uh, here's what um, Tim Mackey, who uh, was one of the founders of the Bible Project, says. He says that the primary way that the story of Jesus spread uh, in the early uh, 2,000 years ago, when the Christianity was spreading across the Roman Empire, was through actual people launching networks of communities, people who were disciples of Jesus, living out his teachings in a way that the story about Jesus explained why they were choosing to live and behave they were. Uh, he goes on. That's my understanding of evangelism, which can be kind of a scary word for some of us, is that it's people sharing news that makes sense why they're living together the way that they're living. So much so that the only, pot, the only reason that would make sense why we're living this way, why we're so generous, why we're so countercultural, why we've decided to prioritize loving and blessing other people above even loving and blessing ourselves, the only thing that makes sense is because Jesus has so transformed our lives. And that's our hope over the next few weeks and months and years for every single one of us who calls Christ Church Albany our home, is that we want to be so transformed in our beliefs and our practices that it not only changes us, but it changes the world around us. Uh, and then finally, uh, here's your homework assignment uh, for the next two weeks. Uh, so you guys can do this over the next week. And then I want you to talk about it in your groups when you come together. And then we'll uh, build on it again when we come back together in two weeks. But I would love for you to pray this prayer uh, from the beginning part of Romans chapter 12. Every day, if you would, find some time. Uh, I should have like printed out on note cards, but I didn't. I'm sorry. Uh, so you can like write it down yourself, or you can create your own. Uh, you can put it in your car. You can put it in your mirror in your bathroom. Put it on your uh, phone, somewhere where you're going to see it, and pray this prayer every day uh, for the next week. Talk about it in your group, and then pray it again. Uh, pray this prayer from uh, Romans chapter 12. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, all the things that God has done, all the things that God has done on our behalf, all these things that some of us, a lot of us, have believed to be true, I offer my body, my whole self, today, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is my true and proper worship. Help me to not conform to the pattern of this world. Everyone else is going this way, but I'm going to live a different way of Jesus. But to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, rewire myself away from greed, away from lust, away from selfishness, away from the American dream, and help me to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, which I bet will include finding ways to love and bless the people around you. Uh, so let's take a, a moment now, and if you would, to yourself, read through that prayer. You can leave the prayer on there, AZ. Read through that prayer a couple times. Uh, and just let that prayer just kind of like soak into you. Uh, and maybe God will even give you a little bit of that pleasing and perfect will of a way in which he wants you to move over the next little bit. Uh, so let's take a, a moment uh, and let's, uh, let me pray for you real quick.
and then uh, take a few moments to pray that uh, prayer to yourself uh, one or two times. Uh, Jesus, change us from the inside out. Help us to love you and love your ways and love your commands and to feel you more than my rafting guide loves rafting, more than some people love shopping or baseball or uh, music or recreation, whatever it is that we love, make our first love you. So much so that it doesn't just transform our beliefs, but it transforms our actions. And that results in other people seeing the change inside of us. Amen. Take some moments and uh, pray that to yourself.